The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I, I, I saw some some chats about the uh, cyclone and Gil and Ajahn Sajito, and uh, I, I have not been in touch with Ajahn Sajito. Nancy's been in touch with with Gil, um, and I reached out to uh, the retreat center, and they're safe and sound. They're still posting to uh, to Dharma Seed, actually. So, uh, yeah. So, excuse me. So I I was um, was talking talking with a uh, a yogi after a retreat, and they said um, said something like. Uh, you know, I'm suspicious of spiritual teachers who who lack a sense of humor. The lack of a of a sense of humor usually means they haven't reached deep into the mystery. That's what they said. And for a long time, I thought uh, the Dharma was serious business, and Dharma teaching was even more serious. So I'll uh, I'll tell you how I got my nickname Captain Buzzkill. I I have a lot of joy in my life but little excitement. Even things that I wind up enjoying a lot I'm not I'm not excited about in advance and that's not cuz I'm like trying to be all Buddhist present or whatever that's just probably more temperamental or something. And um, and my brother's kind of the reverse, younger brother, more on the excitement side. And uh, he was, this is years ago, he's telling me something that he was excited about. And I kind of was like, wah, wah, the first noble truth is still true, da, 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 whatever. And he's just like, you know who you are? You're Captain Buzzkill. And that nickname's kind of kind of stuck with me. Um and so um so today, today, uh theme of uh playfulness and humor. That's uh that's next on my fake list. Aw. Monday, surrender, yesterday, humor, playfulness, today. So there, there is this sense that, um, that the intensity and the poignancy of life is somehow in contention with the humor of it, that it is incompatible in some way. But uh, one of the gifts of Buddhist practice is how quickly even strong forces can move through us, leaving sort of no trace and opening us to a very different next moment, poignancy, and then delight, grief, and then 
humor. And the seriousness, the seriousness is, is often driven by ego, which is, I think, by nature serious. The, the kind of hallmark of ego is a subtle kind of defensiveness and territoriality. And the ego definitely doesn't think it's funny, but, <laughs> but it is. It is. It can get tight. It can get tight in there. And certainly in retreat, my meditation, my insight, my samadhi, my enlightenment, it gets serious. And yet this is a long path, a deep path, and playfulness, humor is needed at various points along the path. So what are the what are the characteristics of of playing? What are the characteristics of playing to play in the way a child plays? There's non-vigilance. We we cannot be playing when we're patrolling everything. There's uh an absence of self-consciousness. We play, we play in the absence of, of that congealed sense of self. You kind of can't, can't play. You can't play if you're trying to look cool, right? Or smart or whatever. You cannot play, right? It's a performance and play is not a performance. Play is the kind of inclusion of our of our whole being at ease with ourselves in a kind of flow. It's a beautiful thing to see a child at play. It's a beautiful thing for us to play. And we're not it's intrinsically rewarding. We're not we're not getting anywhere. We're not we're not building towards something. We're playing. Uh, Winnicott, a psychoanalyst, pediatrician, said um, psychotherapy takes place at the overlap of two areas of playing, that of the patient and that of the therapist. Psychotherapy has to do with two people playing together. Where playing is not possible, the work done by the therapist is directed towards beginning the patient, towards bringing the patient from a state of not being able to play into a state of being able to play. A state of not being able to play into a state of being able to play. And a lot of the that can be said for the Dharma too. Where can you play? Where can we play? Where can we not? Can we play with our foibles? Play in the zones of clinging? Play even maybe with our shame. 
as um, as the egoic framework becomes less and less of a kind of organizing factor in our lives, we open to to humor and play because a lot of what is painful in the presence of ego is playful in its absence. As we we come to to take ourselves less seriously, we can we can play with the conventions of self with who we think we are. We play with it. In other words, we become the joke. And it feels good. Feels good. I um, have always loved when people make fun of me somehow. Well, I mean, not when I was like in middle school or something, but if they're making fun of me with with love, it's a, it's a delight. And um, and just and making fun of myself, there's delight there too, actually. And it's not like a casual making fun. I'm like really actually making fun of myself, but from love, from love. The Buddha says something like, you know, don't deprecate yourself when you're teaching. And I, I get that, but I I am making fun of myself from love. And part of how we can relate to our defilements is actually through some sense of humor. And there's a kind of in our playfulness, there's a kind of relief. We release some of that that affect. Uh, you know, sometimes affect can re- it can really. I was pointing to it in the the sit. Like it can go more than one way. It can become shame or pain or something, or it can become humor, lightness. Where can we play? Where can't we? And where we can't, it is a signal. It is a kind of signal, little warning light of egoic seriousness. But our path is both um, serious and playful. I went to this... uh, a kind of workshop was sort of more breathing, kind of more, more kind of pranayama ish uh, sort of practice with a couple of friends this is years ago and uh, a couple other Buddhist, Buddhist people. And it was not a Buddhist practice, but um, um, I got into to a very kind of interesting mind state that I hadn't known I think it was a 90 minute session and we were made, we we're in the dark and we're breathing and maybe an hour in, I think we were lying down an hour in, I start to hear um, this woman next to me start crying. And uh, it's just the, the kind of um, poignancy of it brought tears to me. I didn't, 
didn't, you know, we had met very briefly. I didn't know who she was, but, but okay, I'm hearing crying. Oh yeah, I'm going to be crying too. And I start crying. And uh, coexisting perfectly in perfect harmony with that, with those tears, and that kind of empathic connection of whatever she was feeling was humor. Not laughing at her, for sure, not laughing at myself, but humor and laughing deeply, deeply. And coexisting with the the tears and with the humor was this abiding peace, as if I were miles beneath the surface of the sea. So still, and yet convulsing with laughter, with tears. This is our life. So may we, um, yeah, may we find the coexistence of, um, of grief, of seriousness, of earnestness, of play, of humor, lightness, and uh, keep going. Okay. It's good to be with you. So uh, we'll gather back again uh, tomorrow. I wish you uh, you all a good day and uh, appreciate being, being with you in this way together.